0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you are not just listening right now. You're driving, you're cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Dave Scherer says he didn't fall in love with professional wrestling right away. It took time.
0: Stay tuned for exciting action coming up here in a minute or two. The World Wrestling Federation. But then to the
1: it happened all at once.
0: What really happened was uh, there was a guy named Roddy Piper and I, and I was at a friend's house. I didn't have cable yet. And I saw Roddy Piper talk and it just hit me that this guy totally gets it.
1: Roddy Piper liked to wrestle in a kilt. A lot of people just called him rowdy. Be near me. He wants to
0: make a reputation for yourself. And you think that I'm just going to sit down like some lazy dog,
1: sit down like you do, lay on your couch. I'm then Dave got into Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen.
0: All four horsemen start to pound away on Road Warrior Hawk.
1: Four horsemen, nothing. <laughs> Pretty soon, Dave was going to live shows, trading wrestling tapes.
0: It hit the mark for whatever reason sometimes the show isn't as great as you hoped it would be but when it's great it's great
1: 40 years on dave calls himself both a believer in and a critic of the wrestling industry and over the last week he has needed to use both of those instincts i am mostly surprised by how durable it's been like last week the wwe signed a multi-billion dollar deal with netflix a like billion with a b when that happened were you like celebrating surprised
0: i i was celebrating because m- my website pwinsider.com was was we did ridiculous business last week
1: <laughs> you did numbers
0: we we did big numbers last week and and that was on tuesday and then of course later in the week we were busy for the wrong reasons because of the lawsuit
1: this lawsuit was filed against a man dave calls the godfather of the wrestling world vince mcmahon WWE founder Vince McMahon has resigned as executive chairman of the wrestling company's parent organization. He's facing disturbing allegations of sexual assault, trafficking, and physical abuse in a lawsuit filed by a former staffer last week. For Dave, the allegations here are somehow both not a surprise and totally shocking. For years,
0: we've heard... You know, and Vince McMahon himself even did an, an interview with Playboy in in February of two thousand and one, where he admitted how much he cheated on his wife, and and it hurt her. And with all these people, and I, I, thought she knew who I was. So he's always been the worst version of an alpha male in some some ways, like where this is concerned. With that said, uh, the way I, I, the way I read what he, what is being alleged was just it was it was horrific. I can't. I don't see how anything's worse. You know what could really be worse than this? You know that, that that basically, you know, the god of the industry is 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 doing the things he was doing.
1: Today on the show, professional wrestling is having a reckoning and raking in the cash. How long can that last? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by SAP. First, the bad news, SAP Business AI will not help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. Or automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. One of the things that I think is important for my listeners to know about the WWE is that it's a family business, and it has been from the beginning. Can you just help me lay out how, how the McMahon family has really run this game for a long time or run parts of the wrestling game and now is pretty has been pretty triumphant
0: basically vince and his wife linda started the company back in they he bought it from his father uh back in 82 his
1: father was a pro wrestling promoter
0: he controlled the northeast territory which was basically from washington dc up to maine
1: but vince mcmahon didn't want to be regional
0: No, he didn't. So once he bought bought the company from his father with a couple of partners, in essence, and and this isn't a quote, but this is what everybody around at the time said he would say, it's like, my dad made that agreement with those other people. I did not. And he went national and he either put people out of business, he bought their, their territories, or if like in the case of Memphis, if they were lucky enough to have a TV slot, they lasted until they didn't.
1: So Vince and his wife cornered the market on pro wrestling. And they aimed to pass the business on to their kids. Over the years, Vince McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, stepped into multiple leadership roles. Her husband, Paul, comes up with the storylines for all the wrestlers to this day. And all of them, including Vince, have been wrestlers themselves. Bottom line, for years, anything that happened at the WWE ran through a McMahon.
0: Vince McMahon was all controlling. Everything ran through him that mattered. I mean, obviously, people did their jobs in the Titan Tower or whatever. But any creative, which is what you see on TV, it's the, you know, the, the televised product all ran through him.
1: And for a long time, that really worked. Like, how big did the WWE get under McMahon?
0: Huge. It got to the point where, you know, they, they did an initial public offering. They put the stock on sale. Um, but even then, he was brilliant because he put the stock on sale. But he had what was called the supermajority stock. And no matter how many shares they sold, he had full power over the voting. So basically, if someone says, you know, why didn't they go up the food chain? Because they couldn't. You'd have to go to Vince McMahon to report Vince McMahon to Vince McMahon.
1: What's so interesting to me about McMahon is that he actually created an on screen character of himself in the WWE that was villainous, like a terrible boss who was coming on and telling people they're fired.
0: Read my lips.
1: As far as the WWF commissioner's concerned, Sean, you're fired. It almost created cover for him, whatever he was doing in reality, because it was like he was almost saying it out loud as a joke. He has always said,
0: that the best version of a wrestler is a supersized version of who that person is. And the Mr. McMahon character is definitely a supersized version of the alpha male that is Vincent Kennedy McMahon.
1: Yeah. There's like this one scene that I can't really get out of my head. It's this like staged fight between Stephanie and her dad where she actually accuses him of trafficking her to his business partners. You have ever every time I went out to dinner with one of your business associates, I was seventeen years old, you don't think they told me what you promised them I'd do? And guess what, Dad? I did it. I did it for And it's you. clearly meant as like a fictional scene, like they're acting, they're loudly acting. But listening back now, in light of everything that's happened this past week, it's really eerie.
0: It is. And and I'll be honest with you, I heard it in real time and I was like, "Ooh, that's not good. And that's why these allegations that have come out don't I mean, they surprise me a little, but there's no shock at all because I've been watching this kind of stuff. And again, it's it's who thinks that's a good idea to put that on TV? He did. And. There were other things he wanted to do that I won't go into because I can't prove them. But people that work backstage in the company told me they've been proposed that were worse than that. They wanted to do some kind of angle with him. And an angle is basically a storyline where they were involved, him and his daughter. And it was like that that, she shot that down from the way the story goes, that she wanted no part of that. So it it doesn't surprise me uh, the levels of the depravity. That's all I can say.
1: For decades, Vince McMahon and his wife had all the power at the company, but that changed in 2022. What happened?
0: Suddenly, uh, there was this rumor of women forced or willingly signing NDA agreements, and that is what changed the whole world for WWE. The Wall Street Journal breaking the news this week that McMahon uh, paid uh, hush money, $12 million to women who had uh, made allegations against him. $12 million in payouts.
1: Uh, that's a big scoop. How did all. the fans respond? <laughs> were they upset that the investigation occurred or were they mad at Vince McMahon? Like, what was the deal?
0: It really depends on the fan. Like, what happened was once this came out, Vince came out on the Friday night show, which is called Smackdown, and basically looked scared, so a lot of the fans cheered him.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Mick
0: I don't know how much they knew about it, I don't know how many of those fans read the Wall Street Journal or whatever, Uh, I think they might have looked at it as a hatchet attack or whatever, Uh, and then he went out more cocky on the Monday show, Raw, and kind of strutted around, and, and then he retired. Hmm. I don't think on his own he ever would have retired. But keep in mind, he was dealing with Fox and NBC Universal, His distributors. NBC had just gone through the Matt Lauer thing. Fox had just gone through the Roger Ailes thing. I I don't think there's any part of them that wanted to be associated with Vince at the time. So I don't know what made him retire. He later said he got bad advice, but he retired.
1: So this was a year and a half ago. Vince said... He was retiring from the day-to-day of the wrestling business. Stephanie, his daughter, took over as co-CEO. Her husband, Paul Levesque, also known as the wrestler Triple H, came back to run creative. To Dave Shearer, this was a heavenly time at the WWE.
0: It was great.
1: Oh, you sound so happy when you said that. Like, I can hear it in your voice. You're like, it was great.
0: Oh, I I was so happy. It was great. Because I, I know I've been in this so long. I know a lot of people that work there, both on camera, off camera. And the mood was better. Vince was like, you know, oh, it's only eight o'clock at night. Why are, you know, why are you packing your things to go home? Because he's a workaholic and he's crazy like that. So everybody was always walking around on eggshells when he was there. Stephanie was a good boss. She was like, this is your job. Do your job. When you're done, go home, be with your family. Because that's what I'm doing now. You know, it's six o'clock. I'm leaving. You should leave too. In WWE, the women's wrestlers... Became peers to the men's wrestler, the male wrestlers under her and Paul Levesque. The women were on the same, the same tier as the men. And Stephanie supported that in a big way. So the so the real thing that that really has to hurt the most for her is here she is this champion of women who does the right thing for women all the time. And then she finds out about this from her father. I can say this. When Vince walked away, Stephanie came back in and was co-CEO. And then when Vince forced his way back in, she left
1: again. You heard that right. Less than a year after resigning because of alleged sexual misconduct, Vince McMahon decided to return. And according to Dave, no one could stop him.
0: Even when they were in charge with his supermajority of stock votes, he could change anything at any time. The board voted 11 to nothing. No, we don't want that. Whoa. So in a normal in a normal world, that would be okay. Well, then we're not going to do it. This is not a normal world.
1: So Vince says, I don't care what you want. I'm coming back. So basically, he was was like a cockroach. You could not kill this man. You couldn't get him out.
0: You're, You're right. He was a cockroach. That's the you know, he'll be around after we're all dead. While he was gone for that, you know, that that however long period of months, the product was on an upswing ratings are up. The The buildings where they ran shows were up. Uh, they were doing more uh, uh, promotional deals with people. So basically the fear had always been, oh my God, what will happen to WWE if Vince dies? Well, what what the market and, and potential buyers for the company found out is it'll get better if he dies.
1: We'll be back after a quick break. In the latest season of Blind Spot from WNYC Studios and the History Channel, join host Kai Wright as he travels back to a pivotal moment in the history of this country. Decades before COVID 19, a virus tore through some of our most vulnerable communities while the wider world looked away. Throughout the season, you'll meet people who demanded that they and their illness be seen mothers, children, doctors, nurses, nuns, and sex workers all leading to a woman who literally helped change the definition of AIDS. Blindspot. The Plague in the Shadows. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. When Vince McMahon unretired himself in January 2023, his first order of business was selling the WWE. The company wound up merging with Endeavor, who owned the Ultimate Fighting Championship, or UFC, When that merger happened, Endeavor wound up with 51% of the stock. WWE wound up with 49%. That minuscule difference meant McMahon suddenly didn't have his majority stake anymore. And almost immediately, creative control went to his son-in-law, Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H.
0: Once the deal was made, Paul got more power. They didn't announce it right away, but it was known by the end of last year that creative completely ran through Paul and Vince had no say in it. They didn't publicize it, but, and and then Paul Levesque was very reverential to him. Like, oh yeah, Vince is an asset. I can always, and these aren't the exact words but this, basically what he say, he's an asset I can always count on when I need advice or whatever. But he's, ru- he's been running it completely himself for months now.
1: I mean, last Tuesday, Paul Levesque had a huge Triumph, because Netflix has, Netflix announced it was going to pay $5 billion over the next decade for exclusive rights to the WWE's flagship weekly show, Raw. And then Dwayne The Rock Johnson said he was joining the board of directors for TKO, the big parent company. It's – I mean – and then two days later, <laughs> you have these reports that McMahon – Vince McMahon is being sued mm-hmm. by a former WWE employee named Janelle Grant – it just seems like insane whiplash.
0: Well, and and it is, and and you know what's the most insane part, probably of all of it. If he just made the payments that he agreed to make to this woman, you never would have heard of this.
1: Because Janelle Grant had a non-disclosure agreement,
0: right? And and he pay, He agreed to pay her three million dollars over a period of time. He made the first payment of a million, and then her In twenty twenty two, the bottom line is: if you agree to pay three million dollars to somebody. Uh, because they've got something worth paying three million dollars that you don't want to get out, and you stiff them. How can you? I mean, how can you justify in your head, especially when you're a billionaire? You know what? It was a good deal at the time to give her a three billion or three million dollar deal, but I'm not going to pay it now. What do you? What do you think would happen then?
1: Yeah, actions meet consequences. <laughs> yes, it's like if I don't pay this woman, hmm, what might she do? <laughs> well, you found out what she'll do. Yeah, I mean. The claims in this lawsuit are horrifying and I feel like we have to talk about them. There are gross details about various things that happened during sex between Vince McMahon and Janelle Grant allegedly like really awful stuff involving like him defecating on her and then there are also these text messages back and forth from Vince McMahon I mean, we don't see her responses, so that's important. But where he's clearly talking about sharing videos, sexual videos of her with other employees of the WWE, like bragging about showing videos of her to these other employees, and also scheduling her for sexual encounters with other employees, like asking about whether she can meet this guy or the other, it's just straight sex trafficking. If these allegations are true, because he is pimping her out. Yeah,
0: pimping. Yeah. And there was one text he wrote that I I will paraphrase because it was so disgusting. But basically, he said, I'll control who you sleep with.
1: Yeah. I mean, you wrote a column immediately after the lawsuit dropped saying, like, Vince McMahon needs to get out of TKO, this parent company, like as quickly as possible.
0: And I'll I'll tell you, it kind of surprised me because... Of all the big sites, I was the only one to write a column saying this. And I I, I mean, I thought I was stating the obvious, right? It's like, how do you not
1: divorce yourself from this, this horrible human being? Yeah, hours after these allegations were released, this major sponsor of the WWE, Slim Jim, announced they were distancing themselves from the company. Do you really think that was the thing that turn things here where executives were like, we, we have to make a move.
0: I think the executives knew they had to make a move anyway, uh, because, like, I mean, I, I don't think you need to be, you know, a, 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 have an MBA to realize how bad this this was for WWE's business being associated with him.
1: The WWE's chief content officer, Paul Levesque, Triple H, held a press conference right after these allegations were released on Saturday.
0: It was not his best night. We just had an amazing week. I, I just said a ten year five billion dollar Netflix deal. Rock joining our board. We just sold out the Royal Rumble, put forty-eight thousand people in the Tropicana field. Um I choose to to focus on the positive. And yes, there's a negative, um, but Uh, I want to focus on that and just keep it to that.
1: He said he hadn't read the lawsuit and didn't want to talk about it, which like that's kind of a dereliction of duty. If you haven't read the lawsuit, at one point he was asked what protections the WWE had put in place to keep anything like this from happening again. And he just refused to be specific.
0: He handled that so badly. And and. He did get a little bit. I, the thing that, that really bothered me is he's a really smart guy, he's a really sharp guy. And you had to expect you were going to be asked that because the reporters in that room, if somebody doesn't ask about this, then they're not reporters. They're they're clowns. You know, you you have to ask about this because it just happened.
1: Well, honestly, it was so interesting to me because this press conference, you know, the WWE like the guy, the guy who's giving the press conference has been a performer for the WWE, so he's played a role. And like, it almost seemed to me like at this press conference, everyone was playing a role, even the reporters. Um, I wanted to ask you about when I was looking at the Royal Rumble matches today, the women and the men, the roster is stacked right now. There's so much main event talent. Does that make your job fun or is it challenging to keep all these people at main event level keeping storylines that are going to keep the momentum going?
0: Right off the bat, he walks into the room and people clap for him. Reporters don't clap for the people they're covering. You're right. It's a weird situation where you have a mixture of fan and quote unquote reporter. And usually he does get softball questions. And my only thought is he might have gone in there thinking, Oh, this is going to be like it usually is. And I'm sorry. If, if it was me, I'm going in there with a prepared statement that I'm going to read before I take questions. Say, look, it's ongoing litigation. We're taking this very seriously. There's not much I can say other than what's been reported is reprehensible and that's not what this company stands for.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, like, looking at this press conference, to me it was like the whole issue with the WWE and why it has a problem with accountability. Because... The organization purposely blurs the line between fantasy and reality. That's like how it works. Vince McMahon played a lechie leader of this organization on TV. He kind of owned his awful behavior and he maintained this plausible deniability that the whole thing, you know, could be just an act. It's like a house of mirrors like that that's incredibly easy to exploit. How do you fix an organization like that?
0: The only way you could fix it is to get rid of the guy that owns the mirrors, and that's what they did.
1: But everyone else involved also is like in that hall of mirrors and has played a role there. So, it's what they're used to doing. It's the culture.
0: I th- I I could see how you would see that. I think the culture has the culture's changed for sure since Endeavor bought the company. Uh, I don't know why Paul said what he said. I don't know why he wasn't why he wasn't prepared because he usually is. Um, that was not a good look for him, but it's the first bad public look we've had and he did try to make up later on when I think it dawned on him how badly he he handled it in the beginning.
1: As you talk, I can hear you kind of separating Vince McMahon from the company. But the WWE is a named defendant in this lawsuit. And Janelle Grant accuses corporate officers of knowing what was going on. I mean, she talks about having loud encounters that she thinks people overheard. I mean, obviously, they're talking about sharing videos of her widely within the company. It just seems so clear Vince McMahon was not operating in some kind of vacuum. Can you really separate his behavior from the company?
0: from the company in in the time this happened nope from from 2019 to 2021 when this went on no i can't i i condemn everybody involved and some of whom have quietly retired i might point out i look at it like this i can't judge endeavor off of things they had no control over now if it turns out we find out that four of those people that that knowingly let this happen uh stay employed, then I think we have a case against Endeavor. I won't condemn them for things that happened well before they took control of the company.
1: Do you think the fact that Vince McMahon is now gone, the fact that he can't come back because he's not majority stakeholder anymore, do you think that's enough to earn back fan trust or change how the organization works?
0: I am happy and I think they are going in the right direction with this. And I think people can feel free to say ding dong, the witch is dead. And, and, you know, does this mean we'll never see more of, of you know, what he's done in his past come back to haunt them? No, because we don't know what else he's done in his past. But I really do think that that the new owners of this company have made a break. They're definitely trying to do everything they can to distance themselves from him because of what he's done. So as long as they continue going down that road, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt till they give me any reason not to. Everything's
1: earned, right? Dave Shearer, I'm really grateful for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Dave Shearer is the founder of PWInsider.com, a pro wrestling news site. And that's our show. What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Madeline Ducharme, and Anna Phillips. We are led by Alicia Montgomery with a little boost from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. Thanks for listening. Catch you back here next time.